Willis Sofa. Not a very comfortable sofa. I know, it's our, our blanket from our house. Oh, right. Isn't it looking well? Anyway. It smells rotten as well. That's Sheree for you. Mm. I love Sheree. So. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? So tell me your name, where you come from, what you do, and a bit about your family, and just tell me all your general crack. Uh, <laughs> that could be a long time. Um, name's Sam Bammer. I'm from Enniskillen. Anybody here from Fermanagh? I know there's one from Fermanagh. Two? Oh, brilliant. Um, what's that, Stiggy? <laughs> or the sticks. Yeah, I'm from, from Inniskillen, from Fermanagh. I used to be involved in laundry and dry cleaning business. Actually came to university here. Brought back a lot of terrible memories walking up the mile. Um, and, uh, but now I'm involved in traveling to different countries um, because material that we have in a, in, a, in a charity called Bible Education Services is being translated in various languages. And I have the joy and privilege of coordinating that. Um, I cannot speak any other languages. All right, so don't think that I can. I got 11% on my Latin exam when I was a Batora, so my linguistics are terrible. But that's sort of, yeah. Oh, a family? Yeah, I've got a wife. Uh, one, which is enough. Um, and three, three children, <laughs> adults. Uh, Vicky, 23, Matthew's 20, and James is 15. Lovely. And tell me <laughs> a little bit about your testimony. So just give us a little brief outline yeah. of how you became a Christian. Yeah, I came to faith when I was about 12, which was, I suppose, just as I was going into, in, into secondary school. And for the first couple of years, it was good. Everything was okay. But then I just played the Christian. So messed up and um, was a real pest at school. A lot of the teachers unknown to my parents at home until they got my grade card of course um, and went to church and you know everybody thought he was a great wee fella you know but really I was going nowhere with God and it wasn't until I, I had the blue my levels and came to Belfast and I had to make a decision then what am I going to do and um, for two years I was at the tech in Belfast and sort of was up and down in my Christian life uh, and then when I came here, um, sort of got settled. And, uh, Did you come to see you when you came to uni? That's very good. I came very, very rarely. Ooh. Okay, that sounds terrible. And that, well, actually what that has done, that has made me actually, you know, whenever I talk to young Christians going to uni and stuff, I'm saying, look, go to see you. You need to go to see you. Because it's one of the big regrets that I have that I didn't actually go to see you. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, with coming up to Christian home and stuff, it wasn't until I went to visit Russia and was in a death row situation and there was guys that had become Christians that actually Christianity became a real thing in my life. Um, and that was after I was married and stuff. But that's another story. Class, so we're just going to ask you some lighthearted questions. So um, tell me which you prefer. Would you prefer Fermanagh or Tyrone? Oh, that's simple. Simple answer to that for Mana. There's absolutely no question about that. Great. Would you prefer the countryside or the town? Countryside. Okay. Would you prefer Jordanstown or Queens? Don't hesitate on that one. Jordanstown. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter went to Queens this way. <laughs> right. Okay. Jordanstown, of course, went here. So. Excellent choice. And what did you have for dinner today? 
Did your wife cook you dinner? No. She didn't? I had nothing. That's no good. I had nothing. Oh I am here. I'm starving. I'm fasting. <laughs> All right. So I hope you're praying. <laughs> Great. Well, um, do you play any musical instruments? I try. What do you play? Guitar. Really? Yeah. Don't um, sound so surprised. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can play. I, I can play a tummy ma on the guitar. That's all I can play. Oh, like, why not? Just go. Go give us a tune there now. No, yeah. no, no. And do you prefer tea or coffee? I prefer coffee. Okay. And rugby or football? Oh, rugby. Football's uh, a sissy's game. What? Okay. <laughs> Football's a sissy's game. Right. right. <laughs> I don't really know anything about sport. Okay. So, and now tell us a wee bit about a summary of what you're going to talk about tonight. Whose smart decision was it to study Daniel? <laughs> eh? Well, somebody has already admitted to that, you know. Um, I sort of, you know, somebody phones you up and say, yeah, I'd like, like you to talk about Daniel. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Well, Daniel chapter 12. And you sort of say yes before you actually look at it, you know. <laughs> and then you read it and you go, what on earth did I do here? Um, I'm actually very excited about it tonight. Daniel is a really controversial book. It's a fantastic book, it's a really interesting book, but it's very controversial in, in what Christians believe about it and the whole time frame and timelines and when things are going to be happening, you know, pre, post, nay, and all that sort of stuff, um, or what people believe. That's not what we're going to do tonight. I really want us to look at tonight when we, when we really look at the word, things that are really going to happen that Daniel talks to us about in chapter 12. So that's what, stuff that is going to happen whether I believe in pre-millennium or post-millennium or all that sort of stuff, we want to look at tonight what's going to happen, and, and that's where we're going, I hope. Okay, super. So I'd like to pray for you just before you, you come and speak. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you're a great God and that you have a great word. Thank you that you reveal yourself through your word. So I pray tonight that all Sam's words will be completely from you. I pray that the gospel will be central that you will be glorified tonight, mm -hmm. and that we will learn so much more about you. I pray most importantly that we'll not just know more about you, but we'll actually love you more and trust you more. Thank you for being our King and our Saviour. Amen. Amen. So if you'd like just to take a wee seat down again, and we're going to have the announcements. Um, I might stay. Do you prefer me up here or down here? Up. Why is that? So you can throw things at me if it's terrible. Yeah. Um, it really is good to be back again. Um, hands up if you were here last year. Okay, so quite, quite a number. So there's a few, a few freshers about, all right. Um, good to be here tonight. And um, I want to, first of all, just, I want us to read, so get your Bibles out. I want us to read Daniel chapter 12, okay? We're going to read it right through. And then we'll, um, we'll hopefully say something about it then afterwards. The, the Uncover project, I mean, that is an absolutely fantastic resource. I was over with a couple of guys in England in, in September, and, the, and they were showing it to me. And um, I mean, that, it's, it's a really good resource to be able to use, folks. And I really pray that God will bring the right people to you that you'd be able to pass that resource on and use it, use it effectively um, in, in mission within the university here. Okay, Daniel chapter 12. Have you been enjoying Daniel, by the way? Have you? Uh, Jonas is yawning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you haven't been enjoying it? Uh, you, you have been enjoying it, have you? 
Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad. Um, 12, verse 1. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who is charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been seen. There was a nation t- till that time. But at, at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those, uh, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and the seal this book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this stream, or bank of the stream, and one on, the, uh, on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and swore by him who lives forever, that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest, and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. Father God, we thank you for your word. We pray by your spirit that you would make it quick and powerful to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Daniel chapter 12, and I've just basically entitled this, It's Sure to Happen. We talk about the promises of God, and we often quote the promises of God, and when we're in times of trouble, we go to the Bible to seek to get promises that will in some way help us through whatever situation we're going through. But tonight, I don't want us to think about so much about when all this is going to happen and the periods and the time frames. I really want us to focus on stuff that is going to happen. So as you look at Daniel chapter 12, um, I'm reading from the ESV. I've read it in quite a number of different versions uh, over the past week or so. But I'm just all quotes are from the ESV today. And I've really picked up things like shall arise. So at that time shall arise Michael and the angel, the great prince who is charge of your people. Obviously, this is talking about charge, in my view, in a way, of the children of Israel, charge of God's chosen people. He is charge of them. And then there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been seen uh, since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. There are certainties that are contained within this chapter. Right in the first verse, you've got stuff that is absolutely certain it's going to happen. Michael shall arise. That's firstly. 
This is an angel. Uh, Michael is an angel, and Michael is in charge and is well, I call a protector, call deliverer, call whatever um, over the children of Israel. I'm not going to focus on that. Distress shall come. We think about distress and we look at distress and we, we see just what has happened this past week in the Philippines. And you know what I want to tell you? It has become such a regular occurrence in all of our lives that it's just another thing that has happened. It's another week of tragedy. And you think back over your lifetime, what you can remember. And you think back of tragedies that have happened. Whenever I was growing up, which was a long time ago, all right, things like this sort of happened maybe once or twice a year. Massive earthquakes or whatever. But the frequency has definitely increased. And now you've got massive tragedies that are happening. Look at what happened in Japan. Look at what happened in Haiti. You know, you go back to the tsunami. And those are just the major things that have happened. You go back beyond that and you think, throw me out. Worst atrocity that you think has ever happened. Sorry? 9-11. Another one. Not necessarily in your lifetime. History. Any history students here? No, you wouldn't admit you're history students here, you wouldn't. All right. Think of in history. The Holocaust. Okay. Another one? No. You're very slow to speak up. Okay, first and second world wars. They seem like absolutely massive things. You know, I had the great privilege of visiting Russia, as I told you earlier on. And as we traveled through Russia on the train, we came to certain just big, big mountains. Like a, like a big sort of, a massive big hill just at the side of the train track. We asked, well, what is that? You know, every, every so often you see that. And basically Stalin, when he was building the rail tracks right through Russia, he marched the prisoners out from prison. He worked them on the train tracks. And whenever they couldn't work anymore, work anymore, he lined them up on a pit, shot them, and then just covered the pit with millions upon millions of people. This world has seen distress. This world has seen stuff that is horrendous, the Holocaust. Things that you just think, this is unreal. How can man do this to man? Folks, let me tell you, it's nothing. And I'm not minimizing what has happened. It is nothing to what yet is to come in this world. And Daniel talks about this. He talks about the wise are the ones that are going to understand. And the wicked or the ungodly, they don't understand. And the majority of people out in our world tonight have no concept, have no idea of what this world has got lying ahead of it. And you have. You have been given the opportunity, not just to be here tonight, but been, been here maybe for 11 weeks teaching on Daniel, to get the idea of what this world has yet to face. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. Folks, we can't even begin to imagine what this time's going to be like. It's such like has never, ever been before. 
and it is such that will never ever be in the future. Absolutely incredible. Ah, oh, Stigsy. I'll buy you a selection box. A virtual one. So I'm telling you, the prospect for this world is horrendous, folks. That's the bottom line. It is horrendous. And you know, it talks in Scripture about all of these things that are currently happening, that it's like a lady going into labor. Right? I remember when my wife went into labor. I was like Captain Mannering. Go back! All right? Because I just freak out. All right? But, you know, the, the, the pains that they, 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 sorry to be, I'm not going to go into real explicit, all right? But, um, you know, the pains just, they, they, they come every now and again, and then they get closer together and closer together, and the pain increases and the pain increases. Well, actually, Scripture describes end times of being exactly like that. It's like a woman in labor. And it's going to gradually, progressively, the pain is going to come closer together. It's going to increase with intensity. And that's exactly what's happening in our world today. Distress will, it is common, folks. Make no mistake about it, it's common. Your people shall be delivered. What a, what a beacon of hope that comes right out of this after he says, well, there's distress that's coming like you're never going to imagine, like you've never seen before, but at that time, your people will be delivered. Be sure about that. Your people will be delivered. God's people. Now, I'm just going to just drop that right in here and say, right, okay, are you part of the family of God tonight? I'm not talking, are you like religious? I'm not talking, do you go to church? I'm not talking, you know, that sort of stuff. I'm talking, have you got a living, real relationship with Jesus Christ? Or are you just playing religion? Because the only thing that's going to deliver you in this day is a real relationship with Jesus Christ. That is, if, depending on what your beliefs are, whether you believe you're going to be there for that day or whether the Lord's come and taking you home. I'm not going into the time frame. But there are people in that day are going to be delivered. And the reality is, we need to be delivered from the wrath that is going to come, whatever we perceive that wrath to be. You and I need to be delivered from that. And the only way we're delivered from it is through a real, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ by realizing that he died on the cross for the wrath that I deserved. This stuff is going to happen. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to life or everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the end time. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Three things here. Shall again. Daniel is writing this book approximately 530 years before Jesus Christ is even born. And Daniel believes in the resurrection. I think that is absolutely amazing. I know we can go back to Job, the oldest book in the Bible, and we can think about Job who believed in the resurrection. But Daniel here, he's writing and he says, you know what's going to happen? There is going to be a resurrection. Daniel just didn't believe, you know what, when your dirt clods thrown on top of you, that's the end of you. No, Daniel believed in an afterlife. Daniel believed that there was going to be a resurrection of the dead. 
Now you think of what we know about Jesus Christ. You think about what we know about the gospel. We've got the word of God. And we have Christians today who doubt and in fact would try to prove that the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is not real. Folks, I'm telling you now, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, pack your bags up and give up Christianity. Because in the scripture it says that Jesus Christ has become the first fruits of those who have died. In other words, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. So, therefore, those who know Jesus and have died, they're going to rise. It's described as lovely. It's described in the Bible as they're asleep. And he's going to awaken them. That's exactly what Daniel's saying here. He said, you know what? There are people here and they are going to be resurrected. Some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. See, even Daniel here, just starkly he says, there's eternal realities here. There's either heaven, eternal life, or eternal contempt eternal punishment. That's the reality. Resurrection will take place. Every one of us someday are going to die unless the Lord comes back. Every one of us. You're going to check out of your body. This body, this is only something that the real me lives in. The body that you have, it's just something that the real you lives in. Someday, your body is just going to fall apart. It's going to be like a tent that's going to be taken down. And the real you, the real you, is going to heaven or hell. And someday, you're going to be raised again. You see, the power of the resurrection is far greater than the power of creation. Paul, when he was writing, he said, I want to know Jesus Christ and I want to know the power of his resurrection in my life. Jesus Christ is risen, therefore we are going to rise. And every single person in this room, every single person in this universe, every single person in this university are going to someday stand before God. Daniel believed it. 530 years before Jesus was even born. I just find that fantastic. You say, what about proof of the resurrection? One of the most important verses in your Bible it's found in, in uh, Romans, I think it is. No, First Corinthians. First Corinthians 11. Or thereabouts. Don't quote me on it. Don't, me, don't ask me any questions on it. All right. It talks about, about Jesus Christ being risen from the dead and he was seen of one or two, seen of three or four, seen of a group. And then it says this, he was seen of over five Hundred witnesses. Five hundred. You imagine going to court of court here, okay? You've done something on somebody you know, and they're in the witness box, and it's just your word against theirs. 
the judge, well, he might say, uh, chancy sort of a thing. But you imagine you're standing there and there's 500 people queuing up to say, you know what, I've seen him. Uh, I've seen him doing the handbrake turns around the car park in Jordanstown. Uh, there's a few guilty smiles there. Used to do it myself. All right. Yeah. I say, I seen him. 500 witnesses. Do you think the judge is going to believe him? I think it's a really important verse in the Bible. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because he is risen, we shall rise also. The wise shall shine. The wise shall shine like stars. The thought is there that, that they're going to be rewarded. People that have been wise and trusting Jesus Christ and seeking to live for him, seeking to serve for him, they're actually going to be rewarded. They're going to shine like the brightness of the sky above. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. One of the great privileges I have at the moment is of traveling and going to various countries, and I love it. Well, I used to, whenever God called me to it, I hated flying. I was afraid of flying. And uh, I've now discovered, anybody guess how many flights there are a day in the world, approximately? <coughs> Guess. 20,000. 20, Any advance 20,000? Any advance 20,000? 20, 20, 20, 20. Ah, <laughs> that's the Balamina man, eh? <laughs> now, I tell you, there are between 75 and 80,000 flights every single day in the world. That, I, I'm just taking a guess, all right, sort of saying, well, you know, about 13 million passengers that are moving about this world Every single day. I often sit in an airport and watch them flying backwards and forwards, you know. You think, where's everybody going? And what are they going to? Daniel, 530 years, he said, you know what's going to happen? They're going to be running to and fro. And this is happening. People haven't time to stop and talk, nothing. Flying backwards and forwards all over the place. Knowledge shall increase. Think of the past hundred years and how knowledge has increased. The stuff that you be doing now at uni. Whenever I was at uni, no computers. Yeah, I know. I'm grey and I'm going bald, yes. All right. Mobile phones, no mobile phones. Go on to YouTube, look up on YouTube a video clip. Technology over the past 10 years. You see what has happened in the last 10 years alone. Stuff that I didn't have that you now have. Knowledge, not, it's not that it's doubling, folks. The, the increase in knowledge has been exponential. It's just, boom, it's just rocketing away. Hey, I mean, Daniel's book is incredible. And then we come down into an area where there's two main questions that are asked. How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And, oh my Lord, what shall the outcome of these things? What shall be the outcome? You know, there are many people that are asking questions today. When, why, what? How long will it be until the end? As they think about what's going to happen, and this distress is going to be terrible, how long is it going to be? Some of the theologians say it's going to be three and a half years. The likes of Stigsy there in that. What shall the outcome be? And there's a sense in which God says, Daniel, hold on, just don't you worry about that. You leave that to me. Go your way, Daniel. 
go your way. Many people, I mean, one of the things, of course, at the moment is the end of the world, isn't it? The 12th of the 12th of the 12th. The 21st, is it? Sorry. Thank you very much for correcting me on that. All right. It goes to prove that preachers don't know everything, doesn't it? The 21st of the 12th of the 12th. The 12th of the 12th of the 12th sounds better, doesn't it? Mm. That's because there's a new hotel opening in Enniskillen on the 12th of the 12th of the 12th. Mm. The Enniskillen of the 12th. The Enniskillen Hotel is opening on the 12th. Anyway, the end of the world. That's the big discussion. <laughs> the end of the world is the big discussion, not the opening of Enniskillen Hotel. Why is it going to happen? I, have any of you ever seen a, a DVD called The Daniel Project? Nobody. I really, I would really suggest you get that DVD and you watch it as a CU. It's called The Daniel Project. And it looks, a guy, a totally secular guy, goes on a quest to find out about prophecies in Daniel. Did they happen? If they did, when did they happen? And he looks at prophecies in the Bible, about 20 different prophecies that were written that happened. And it came to the end, and he starts to look at prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled, stuff that is still to happen. And he's asked the question, what is your thoughts now? He said, I want to find out more. It's not a direct gospel. It's just a DVD that looks at prophecies of Scripture. It's about 90 minutes, but I'm telling you, it's well worth the watch. The Daniel Project. So there's a lot of questions that people have, and I don't have the answers. And sorry, folks, but you will not have all the answers either. The theologians don't have the answers. The Christian church is split over these answers, over the answers to this question. And you and I could seek to answer and argue over these questions and debate over them for donkeys. We never agree. But there is stuff that we can agree with in this chapter. Many shall purify themselves. Even during this time, there will be people who will come to faith in Jesus Christ and they will trust him. And I want to come to verse 13. But Daniel, go your way till the end and you shall rest. Daniel, with all these questions that are going on in your mind, Daniel, I want you to just go your own way. <coughs> Don't get over caught up on it. Because Daniel, you know what? Someday you're going to rest. Someday you're going to die. It's going to be temporary, Daniel. You shall rest. Because there is coming a day, Daniel, and you will stand you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. You see, I guess I'm coming to, whenever we think about all of this stuff, when we think about what is going to happen, I want to ask you this evening, what hope have you? 
What is your hope? Are you unsure? Are you not sure? Folks, this is serious stuff. This is not Mickey Mouse stories. This is not Disneyland. This is real, live stuff that is relevant to us today in the 21st century. Daniel, you're going to stand and you're a lot of place. Have you got the hope that one day you're going to stand in your love place. We will have rest. We will stand in our a lot of place. For those that have come into faith, saving faith with Jesus Christ, he says, you know what? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. It's not dead. It's a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's why we have hope. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept or reserved in heaven for you. My inheritance is not down here. My inheritance is in heaven. That's my inheritance. So I want to ask you the question this evening. If you profess to be a Christian and you are a Christian, what is it that you're living for? Are you living for this inheritance or are you living for an inheritance down here? This inheritance here is imperishable. That means it doesn't decay, it doesn't, it doesn't rot away, it doesn't rust. In other words, it's like McDonald says, it's death proof. Death doesn't have any effect on this inheritance. It's undefiled, it's absolutely perfect. There's no sin in this inheritance. There's no messed up lives. You and I are struggling with all the rubbish of the day and all the sin of the day that's being thrown at us. It's affecting us emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And this world is a cesspit of it. This inheritance, if you're a Christian that you're going to, there's none of that crap that you're having to deal with every day in your life. It's sin-proof. And it's unfading. It doesn't degenerate with time. You know, all you ladies getting the old, you know, Clinique stuff and all and, you know, rubbing on the cream to prevent the wrinkles and all of that sort of stuff. And the guys getting the toupees and thinking it's all right, like, nobody will notice. All of this stuff, because we just age. You know, we go bald, we go grey, it's going to happen, yeah, yeah. Did you see this place? It's time proof. This inheritance is death proof, it's sin proof, and it's time proof. Because it will not fade with time. An inheritance that I have, and you know what, it's reserved in heaven for me. Have you that inheritance tonight? Have you that hope? So, what should be our response? Because of this, because of what's going to happen, and with this I'm finished, I promise you. Because of this, then Peter says, what type of people should we be? See, I'm not, a, I'm not about, well, some of you already know this, I'm not about coming to tickle your ears with a nice, wee, plausible sermon, folks. 
I'm about you getting real with God tonight. What type of people should we be because of all this that's going to happen? Distress like this world has never seen yet and never will ever again. In lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. This world is finished and disappearing. And God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. We're waiting for it, a new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness dwells. No abuse, no rape, no fraud. Righteousness dwells, righteousness reigns. Absolutely fantastic. Therefore, since you're waiting for these, be diligent. How diligent am I? How diligent am I in my everyday run-of-the-mill work? How diligent are you in your studies? As other people look on to you and say, they, they call themselves a Christian, they scheme half the classes, you know, and then come looking photocopies of notes and all that sort of stuff. Or email them to me if you can. Those photocopies never I was here. How diligent am, how diligent am I in... Am I getting to know God? How diligent am I in my local church? And if someone gives me a job to do, am I diligent in performing that? Or is it just, oh, if it happens, it happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. Am I diligent about stuff? To be found by Jesus Christ when he comes without spot, it's not that I'm going to be perfect, but that I'm seek- seeking to live a morally clean and pure life without spot and blemish and at peace. I have to be honest with you, one of the most difficult things I have in my life is to be at peace. Ask my wife, she tell you. We went away for a few days and I was stressed out and I was panicking and I was worrying. I'm an awful worrier, you know. Worry, 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 worry wart. And I was chatting to Louise about it. She says, do you ever think of talking to God about it? Yeah, talk to me. I can do so much, but talk to God about it. Whoa, that's the sort of wife you want, guys. Have you peace in your heart tonight? Have you peace in, I'm not asking, is there peace in your life? Your life could be an absolute mess. Family, uni, A whole lot of stuff could be messed up, but have you got inner peace? Because see out there, that's what everybody's looking for. I know people gone traveling for years and come back and they're still looking for it. They haven't found it. Looking for real inner peace. We discover this inner peace when we live for eternity, not earthly. When we live for spiritual, not material. And when we live for that which is permanent, not that which is passing.
What are you going to live for? It's your choice. I can't live your life. It's your choice before God what you decide to live for. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We pray your blessing upon your word. Thank you for the attention. And we pray that you'd help us to make lifestyle choices tonight. And yet we thank you that you are risen from the dead. And our hope is in Jesus Christ tonight, the risen, glorified, exalted Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that for everyone who knows you in this room tonight, you've actually got an inheritance reserved and kept for us as individuals. What an amazing thought, Lord, that you loved us so much, that you care for us so much, that you've got something reserved in heaven for us. Lord, help us then, in view of that, to seek to live lives that are godly, that are holy. Lord, that we would seek to live lives that honor you and bring glory to you in everything that we do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we have some questions on the CU phone. So, Sam, if you would join me on the sofa again, we'll answer them. I hope there's names in these questions, is there? Okay, Sam. So there's I, but Glenn Johnson told me this was the worst bit of his of his night when he was with you. So there's still time to send in to this number here. And they'll get answered. Okay. Um when you were uh, when you came to Belfast, it was attending CU, even if it wasn't very often, did it help your faith? Absolutely. One of the most, one of the, one of the times that I came, I'll never forget it actually, Pastor Val English was the speaker. Now that's, that's going back a year ago, a year, and, uh, and I'll never, I'll never forget that. Don't know who he spoke on, but I remember it being a really challenging time. Also remember, you know, the old uh, Queens, Jordanstown sort of CU football match and all of that. Didn't go to play, went to watch it and cheer on Jordan Stein, of course. Um, but it was, it was an impact. And probably more so, I went more to the prayer times than I did to, to see you generally. Because, believe it or not, I was very shy. Yeah. And, um, and I found it hard to mix in amongst the group. Um, so I found the smaller groups. A lot, I could cope easy with the smaller groups. And, uh, and I found those really helpful. Uh, there's a guy, Charlie Daring, was there at that time. Uh, anyway, yeah. Okay, uh, we don't have any more questions, so that's brilliant. it. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I was expecting a whole lot about Daniel and 1,290 days. Good stuff. So we're <laughs> we're going to have our collection now. So uh, and uh, the band are going to come up, and uh, we're going to do some praise. So please be generous.